Everybody and welcome to episode 206 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends each bring three topics that we'll bat around for some length of time. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me trying to raise enough money to buy Epstein's Pedo Island at CD Villa Senor on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> and with me is Ty. Are you ready to chip in? No, I mean you go, last week you're going to the Saudi golf tournament. This uh-huh. week you're going to pedophile pedophile. No, I'm not going there. I'm going to buy it. It's for sale. And I figure after an exorcism and you know and and a, and a thorough a thorough sanitization, <laughs> if I can get Surf Pro to come out there and like just do it top to bottom, I think I think it might be a nice place to live. It, well, it seems you mean, nice. You're, you're turning into quite the national politician, Chris. <laughs> It's they even cut the price. It's 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 on sale. This you is, can buy you can buy both of the islands together for 125 million. I'm just gonna hang out and you can do the show by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I approve of what he does, but it looks like a nice property in the you know, it's in the Caribbean. It's you know, one hundred and ten million. It's it's marked down from one twenty five to one hundred and ten million. Well, why don't you see if you can get in touch with Bill Gates? <laughs> Get a referral. See if it was see if it was everything it was cracked up to be. <laughs> yes, I, there's a lot of people I'd like to you know the, just interview. Just say, hey, you know, how was it? Is it nice? I mean, are the is it well apportioned? <laughs> do oh I have God. to do I have to buy new? I'd have, definitely have to buy new furniture because you know you don't want that you don't want that you don't want the furniture that was there. But that's for damn sure. Chris's views do not represent the views of the Two on Three <laughs> podcast. It's jokes. I know. Well, you can jokes. you can find me not signing up for your real estate excursion on Twitter at SCATJK. <laughs> Fair enough. But hey, I mean, it's sometimes places it's cold in the winter. You'd like to go somewhere sunny. Nice. There are other places to go. <laughs> I see why this isn't in the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I'd like to surprise you sometimes. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, talk about t- the topics that I'm bringing tonight. Other than that, that real that 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 opener, the rest of my stuff now feels like horribly tame. But we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit about Rafa Nadal, um, living in a movie universe, and uh, I'm going to give you a little update on my local politics uh, life. And what do you have for us tonight? My life is like progressively getting more boring. I'm having a hard time every week bringing anything to talk about. So we're going to start by discussing when I'm like justified in. Uh, committing murder of the local wildlife in my area. Not people's pets. We'll talk. Um, I learned a new thing about 9-11. Just <laughs> a thing to say. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but basically it's about the worst possible job day you could have, first day you could have on the job. And then, uh, you know, I mean, at the bus stop, I hear some kids that are too old to be talking with uh, the baby voice, talking to the baby voice. And while I give them the side eye, I do think there's some fun memories to be had in, in, in the remembering some of the ways your kids might have pronounced some stuff earlier in their lives. <laughs> there's lots of, there's lots of, uh, there's lo- I have lots of good examples of that. Good. 
Good. All right. Well, then we'll just let's just jump into well, it. Well, and then it's Dad Jokes of the Week. Oh, my God, it is. It's Dad Jokes of the Week. And oh, my God, it's the Who Knew. I forgot to do it last week, but I didn't forget this week. So oh, in God. the OT, it's in time OT. for <laughs> Who Knew. We can find well. It's going to be Chris didn't. This is generally this whole. Su- this is generally the the whole subject of this. This the who knew is to say who knew Chris didn't. That's the what, segment that's is what, not for you. It's for our listeners. Okay, they get well. to learn something. <laughs> All right, now we can get started. All right, let's do it. All right, as the last casual tennis fans in the world, or at least in America. Um, I, I did watch uh, a great deal of the the French Open. There's something about the timing of the French Open that okay. lends itself to early evening viewing and all these other kinds of things. So, tennis uh, happens in a vacuum now for me. Like I th- I'm not even aware that it's going on until after the tournaments are over. <laughs> like I don't see any news about it until the champion is crowned. But I've spent the last at least almost better part of 20 years rooting for either Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal. Sure. And there are lots of goat arguments to be made, but at this point, Nadal winning it, winning a, a French open, a 14th mm-hmm. and putting him on top of the, of the major count probably puts him in a nice spot for goat talk. We always like to say goat talk. It's so weird though, when you're such a specialist, mm-hmm. like when so many of his major wins are there because he's just a clay court maestro, like it's, it's very strange when you can talk about somebody being the greatest of all time when so many of their victories came on such a unique surface that so few players ever learned to master. It's like you make an argument that that makes them more qualified to be the greatest because they were the mm-hmm. greatest on the most difficult surface. Right. But like his hardcore victories are weak. Hardcore resume is weak. <laughs> right. And that's the and then you get someone who's slightly more balanced like Djokovic or you mm-hmm. get someone who's much less balanced like well, neither of them will won a ton of French Opens <laughs> because right. Rafa Nadal's around. But his his uh, his record is wild. Before they they put up a graphic uh, during the final that on at the French Open he was 113 and three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense when you consider that he's won it 13 times, 14 times, 14, 14 times. times. Oh, that was up to 13 times. Yeah, now he's 114 and three. But and then of course at the bottom they said one titles in and then of course they just splashed them all about about like two thousand two three four five six seven eight it's it was a it's a wild graphic and um and I think he's pretty well deserving but after the whole thing was over mm-hmm. it came out the news came out that he's been fighting this foot injury so they basically just numbed up his foot so he could play and mm-hmm. and it brought to mind and I wanted to get your perspective on this is. A pain numbing injection, a PED. Uh, there's a there's a there's a lot of people out in the world who are arguing either way. But what do you think? If I is is a numbing injection a PED? I don't think so. Yeah, I think of a PED as something that allows you to achieve a greater level of success and well, not success, but rather a greater level of physical agility or strength or speed. That you would not otherwise have been able to achieve, no matter how hard you had trained. I feel like taking pain medication is just gritting it out. Like it's just making it so that you can ignore it for a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're trading future health, right, for for current success. So I, I 
I, it's not an enhancing. It doesn't enhance your performance. It simply allows you to perform, which to me is different. But, but naturally or unnaturally, right? This is the, the, the argument that people have been making is that if there was no pain numbing medication of, I mean, I don't know what. Where do you draw the line? This is is a couple of Tylenol, like you know, versus versus a numbing shot into your foot, or if you're a football player, a you know a Toradol shot, like just <laughs> completely numb your body so that you could you can you know crash into people. Right. I mean, like where do you where do you draw the line in terms of pain management as you know a, that allows you to perform when maybe. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been able to 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 play at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's you can make an argument that if your pain tolerance is higher than your natural threshold, that that is enhancing your performance by you know even allowing it to occur. I but I I guess Chris, I have a hard time getting worked up about it. P- period. Because I don't really care about <laughs> steroids as like an issue. Yeah. Um, I think it's bad in the sense that. I don't want to live in a world where everyone has to take steroids because it's the only way to, you know, to compete, to keep up, right? I, I don't think that's a that's a competitive environment that's good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're an old broke down man and you want to take some pain medication to get through one final like hurrah, I got zero issue with that. <laughs> okay, all right. all right, okay, that's fair. That's fair. The uh, yeah. So if you draw the line with you know, like something like steroids that would just allow you to train harder and and get more gains than you would normally. We're we're drawing the line there. But hey, if you're if you're dinged up, whatever gets you on the field is 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 cool. I mean, I don't even i i draw the line at like like it's tough, man. Because if you're, I guess if you're if it's, I can't even I can't even break it down because I'm sitting here in my mind going, okay, well maybe if you cook it, right? Is this sort of how I think about drugs, like drugs yeah. in general, right? Yeah. It's like weed is fine because it just grows. Sure. As soon as you have to make something in a lab, now you have made something that I, you know, that is, but that's of course pain medication. Yeah. Um. So I don't know that I have a good way to compartmentalize it, other than to say like, I don't really have a problem with like rich platelet injection, like recovery treatment, for instance. Mm-hmm. I have zero issue with recovery treatment, right? But like, why would you not? Like, I, I wish we could all get it. That's actually my, my take on recovery treatment is like, <laughs> I would love to be able to push myself to a point where like, I hurt my elbow and it didn't mean like, mean I had to shut down for six months, right? Like I've got some tendonitis going, right? Uh-huh. And the only way to really heal it is to just sort of take time off yeah, and and let it rest and then, you know, and treat it in the, in the natural ways. If I could get like a, a platelet rich injection in my elbow so that I could just, you know, go, you know, practice golf every day. Without hurt, without it hurting, I probably would do it, but it's not available to me. It is available but, to you. It just costs money. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, it, I don't know how to draw the line on like sort of what's a supplement versus what's a, a performance enhancing drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose if you can eat it, but yeah, I mean, I don't. If you you know if you cook up a mixture and then you can ingest it, is that different than? No, I mean that's why it's such a it's a tough thing. It's a tough line to draw. I mean, because like from a, wasn't from Bonds' rules, deal like he was like using topicals, right? It was the clean and the clear. That was the other. That was his deal. It was <laughs> it was take the steroids and then take this masking agent. I mean, it was full on cheating. That's just right. that's just. I mean, there's no line to draw. <laughs> that's uh, that's way out on the edge. Um, but this the thought of I can't play unless you numb up my foot, and now I can play. 
it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, it's just an interesting thought because you know I can see I can see both sides of this argument. I, my, I'm okay with pain medication mm-hmm. that allows you to take the field and play. I mean, he still has to play. I mean, right. your skills, your skills still have to be. You know, you still have to have skills to win. Just because you don't feel the pain in your foot doesn't mean you're going to beat people. But it 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 sort of it sort of spackles over, just smooths out all the problems you're having, and and allows you to compete. And and uh, and from an entertainment standpoint, from me personally, I'd rather see my stars take the field and play. And uh, so I'm okay with the pain medication. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, Raphael Nadal took steroids in the early aughts, so <laughs> <laughs> so he's on both sides of this argument. And uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna award him the goat for now, and we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to revisit this if somebody does something good because I obviously can't root, root for Novak Djokovic under any circumstances. No, no. I mean, he went from like. I didn't want to talk about him, so now I've refused to acknowledge. <laughs> just the, the when you conduct yourself in such odious fashion, I just right. cannot get on board. Like, you don't have to say, I don't you know, the science denial stuff. Yeah, that's obnoxious. I don't like it. Right, yeah. but like, you don't have to like be also a misogynist. Right, right. Like, you just really just like lighten it up, lighten the board up on being a piece of shit lately. <laughs> yeah, he's a special case for sure. Big Aaron Rodgers vibes coming out of Novak. Yeah, it's weird. It's, a, it's, a, it's bad company to keep. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to your first topic. All right. So I have lived in this house for, oh, I think almost eight years now. Okay. And there's been a bevy of local wildlife. Even as the neighborhood has grown, we continue to have a, a great deal of bunnies. We have large predatory birds in the in the air like raptors your small dogs are not safe in this neighborhood um i think i told the <laughs> story it, on the is podcast it, is it more so is it more so than just some bald eagles floating around or just there's just a lot of them they there's a lot of the them and there's they hawks nest, too they nest in the trees kind of a thing we, yeah we get some tall trees around here <laughs> and uh we also um i think i told the story on the podcast about like the eagles swooping down and nearly scooping up the neighbor's dog off the street oh yeah 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 you, you did tell like that right story. in front of my wife <laughs> she Amazing. locked eyes with a neighbor girl and they're like oh my god the dog almost died <laughs> so like our cat as he's getting older really wants to go outside yeah. he's been an indoor cat his whole life and he just just trying to like dart out the door now it's like his oh. new thing and you know we let him out on like the bedroom deck because there's nowhere to go but not like unsupervised and and because if he goes on the yard he'll get eaten i swear like within like an hour it'd be, it'd be just it's over for him it'd be terrible you'd be out there there'll be a, like a bird ripping his guts out on the, yeah, in the backyard terrible. no one wants that no uh and we have lots of bunnies like i mean amazing tons and tons of, of rabbit activity mm-hmm. um I, I i posted a few years ago a, a deer going through the front yard which is a weird weird thing that never happens around here i don't know where the deer came from <laughs> or where it was going there's not enough forest for that to make sense it's quite a ways to get to like a dense forest where there's not population anyway this is a long version long way of saying that there are crows that have lived in my yard for years so we're in a migratory pattern we see the crows go from wherever they're at during the day somewhere north of here to wherever they sleep at night which is somewhere southeast of here and but two of them have lived here in our yard for years and I'm of a live and let live kind of person. You know, I've mm-hmm. talked, we've talked before about like the mold that pops up every once in a while. I'm like, 
man, you okay. gotta go. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're fucking up my shit back here. I'm not, <laughs> not having it. But um, he's gone again. I don't know where he, where he came from and where he went, but he's gone. Anyway, the crows, though, are getting aggressive. Now, mm. they... You know, I mean, a crow normally roosts in an area of some kind, 30 to 40 feet in the air somewhere, right? The trees in my yard proper, none of them are taller than 30 feet. There's The crow's nest is not in the yard, mm-hmm. but it's got to be nearby because they've gotten hyper aggressive. And now they're like harassing my dog, like no. aggressively harassing my dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog is getting quite old. Um, he is in bonus time for his breed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not to bum everybody out, but he's developing like a little bit of Parkinson's, like dog Parkinson's. Okay. Um, that's, bumming, he re- that's bumming me out. But okay. yeah, it's, uh, I'll move on. But so, well, I'm more protective of him than sure. I have been in the past, right? Hmm. He's still spry. Like he runs around. He's not like a sad existence. He just, he'll, he has some involuntary head movement. <laughs> he just gets old. He's getting old. He's an super, old guy. He's super old. Yeah. Um, my wife doesn't like when I talk about it. No. <laughs> uh, and... I'm just like, you know, I was in the big five just the other day picking up some soccer socks and I don't ever pay attention to it because I'm never looking at it, but uh, there's guns at the big five, right? Like yeah. shotguns. Yeah. But here's, and I'm not going to get an but actual. That, but that air, that little, that air, that little air rifle caught your eye, didn't it? <laughs> there were quite a few, in fact. <laughs> Matter of fact, the airsoft guns they have seem dangerous to own like if you were holding it when the cops came they oh, would no, shoot no, you immediately sure. uh, yes no airsoft <laughs> guns look way too much like actual military weaponry yes like, who, i'm who like thinks, what is that like they've got the desert camo painted one like, who thinks who thinks this is a good idea i don't know for, don't don't yeah don't hang out don't hold that in your yard for god's sake right like i'm gonna walk around so this yeah. so this is my dilemma but this is I, the daisy. But do they still have the daisy? Does I'm daisy not doing still pump make? action. Get out no, of here. No, but they I'm have like cartridges. They have the cartridge. They didn't. Did the daisy CO2. have the cartridge? The cartridge. Piece? I only had the CO2 pistol. I never had the CO2 rifle. Okay. Anyway, right. either way, mm-hmm. like then I was out the other day. The dog. They're they're harassing the dog. I go out there and they start yelling at me. Oh no! And they're and they're harassing my wife now, and she's gardening. Oh god! And I'm oh, like, geez. my guy. I will kill you. Like I was talking to them like like they were people. They have crossed they've definitely crossed the line. Yeah. And they are crows. They are the assholes of the bird kingdom. Fucking sky rats, man. <laughs> they, they I understand they have they have a they have a role to play in nature, but if you off a couple of them, the the crow the crow community is not in danger of going extinct. I just feel like I can't buy an airsoft gun that my neighbors are going to see me with and call the cops. <laughs> you know, just just buy the basic. I don't know. Buy the not the not the. It's going to be hard to one. shoot them without like hitting something if I miss. That's true. You have to get them into the yard somehow. Uh, yeah, and I need you to. Get, you yeah. need to bait them into the yard. Then you need to pop them from the yeah. from the deck. Yeah, and I know that, and and everyone who's listening, who's thinking this is They're really mad. insensitive. I grew up in a small town. Yeah. I grew up in a small town in the middle of Illinois, where tons of people had pellet guns, and yeah. if and if and if birds were pecking at your house or were screwing around with you, you you know your dad would just say, "Hey, we well, just go off that bird." So it's like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Could foul control is a part of rural life. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like varmint, just varmint control in general. Yes, varmint control like, in general. 
like I remember being much of a city boy uh, that you know I had a, a bit of a sadistic friend who shot a squirrel off the fence once and that, see, I, that grossed me out. Draw, drawing a line, yeah. drawing a line there for sure. Because yeah, he was he was just doing it for fun. <laughs> Isn't that the first sign that some kid's a serial killer? Like pretty wantonly, much, yeah. wantonly murdering yeah. animals. So can I commit a justified murder on these crows at this point? A murder on the murder of crows. These it's two murder. <laughs> these two crows have it coming. That's my that's my take on it. I, I agree. Mean, you can't. I get it. You, you're protecting your you're protecting your nest or whatever. But I you know take it out on the eagles. Take it out on whatever. But you've seen me. Yeah. Like I'm not a my. Our we used to say we used to have a hello relationship. Right. I come out. Hey guys, you don't have to run off. I'm not chasing you. It's fine. I mean, now, yeah, you're getting in my face. Yes, and this is my neighborhood. I'm Wayne Jenkins, <laughs> <laughs> watching We Own the City. I yeah, I you I should d- watch it if you haven't watched. It. Anyone actually, anyone listening to this podcast, if you're not watching We Own the City, you should watch it. <laughs> anyway, the uh, yeah, I I say plug them. I mean, okay. If, obviously, you don't want to. You don't want you want to keep it on the down low from your neighbors. So right. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure this out. In terms of, you know, throwing some bird seed in the yard and hoping the right crows come get it, and then, yeah. and then, and then laying it down on them, and then I get to have the cool airsoft gun going forward. <laughs> <laughs> and if they, and and it's common knowledge, right? That that crows recognize faces. They know. They know you. I'm gonna put a mask on. So, <laughs> so if you if you try to put a hit out on them and you miss, your life might get worse. Things well, might, things might, uh, things might escalate. Then I'll take this. I have a sword. <laughs> if I can get them to attack me, coming right for me. <laughs> a sword hitting a bird with a sword would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to join TikTok just for the sword, the bird sword murder. <laughs> oh, can, you, can you imagine if you could actually, like, a bird swoops in and you just basically hack it in half with a sword? That would just that would be number one, one of the greatest videos ever made. And number two, you'd get so much like hate mail. It would be yeah. it would be overbearing. But have I you ever just, seen that guy on Instagram that does the flips with the sword? I think his name's like Shaquan Parsons. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like a he. I don't know what his deal is, but he, martial he, artist of some yeah. some kind. And he does all these crazy like flips, and he's he's incorporated sword work into his tumbling. <laughs> all right. All right. So I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> Probably not next week. We'll see how long this takes. All right. All right. So I was looking um, at the variety tweet mm. Twitter feeds, mm-hmm. um, yeah, keeping up, whatever. Sure. And I came across this one where Sebastian Stan. I am a Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. The um, he says his favorite rom com is Notting Hill, and if I could just live in Notting Hill, the movie forever, I would. So. The first thing that, that's a weird first, thing to say. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing to say because Notting Hill is just Notting Hill, right? There's not like it's not like a fantasy universe of any kind. No. But does he want to be William Thacker? Because Anna Scott is a, an absolute bitch to him for ninety five percent of that movie, and yes, she's unbearable, and and everyone tells him that he needs to date her because she kind of likes him. And she's famous. And so he kind of goes along with it. But she treats him horribly throughout the entire movie. Right I don't like that the, movie. No, right up to the right up to the part where she gives him the I'm just a girl 
standing in front of a boy speech and then all of a sudden you're supposed to be like okay i forgive you for the other the the last hour and a half where you're just completely crushing this yokel like you're dated for six months and then she bounced come on come on (laughs) she's no happily ever after in that movie (laughs) right he's and so i was laughing and thinking you 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 do you really want to live in that movie and then then i got to thinking Mm-hmm. What movie universe would I like to live in? Yeah, and I love this. This is a great thought exercise. Yeah. So, so um, I was trying to think. Do I do I want to live in a western? That's like hard living. Mm-hmm. And and you have to be handy with the handy with the iron. And I'm not sure that that's really. If I was in a western, I would just be the guy who who worked at the saloon. I'd be like the saloon keeper who gets shot. <laughs> I mean, I'm like this regular guy. I mean, like the shopkeeper whose mm-hmm, whose whose general store gets lit on fire by by bad guys until the good guy shows up and has to chase the bad guys off. I mean, that's that's who I would be in these movies. I I'm not hero material. Like, Why so not? You, I don't know. I mean, maybe I. No, I'm not. It's just, it's just, I would just be the regular guy in the movie. Like, I would be the IT guy working on the Death Star when, when the uh, when the rebels blew it up. You wouldn't even see me. I would just be like this technician, like working in panel GX three eleven on the fourth sub, you know, the fourth sub basement of the, of the you know Western Hemisphere. When you're like the 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 gregarious like hotel. You know, hotelier who like everyone loves, but is just a total coward. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like you're you're running like the the you're 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 uh you know you're like the traveling entertainment guy. Like you <laughs> show up, up yeah, and then yeah, everybody likes me. It, yeah. It's um, what was the uh, um, what was the terrible disease movie from uh, the the show with the. Um, with the uh, Station Eleven, yes, yeah, Station Eleven. I'd be like the guy, one of those guys in the in the Shakespeare, in the Shakespeare troupe, affable guy, doing, you know, Shakespeare in the park with the rest of the, the, the that crew. Okay. Yeah, I would, I'm, not, I'm not the hero. I'm not the hero. I don't want to live in that universe either. That universe seems hard. Okay, so what do? Where do you want to be? <laughs> I don't. Know. I think maybe like a a. Not a medieval setting. I'd like to like something more interesting, but but maybe like a slightly like a D and D type setting. Like if there was some magic around, maybe that would make make it interesting. Maybe if there were some monsters, I don't okay. know. <laughs> but you learn to use the magic. That seems difficult. I, I I don't know. That's the that's the part I have. This is the part I'm slightly struggling with because when I put myself, and it would have to be me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would have to be me. I don't. I. So you don't know how difficult it is to to, to harness your your sorcerer powers. <laughs> I don't know how or whether they're available to the common person. Or if they're available to me, I don't know. You know, I don't have midichlorian. I have a poor midichlorian count. I mean, if you put me in Star Wars, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm moisture farming. I'm the I'm one moisture farm over from the Lars moisture farm. I mean, yeah. It's a you know I don't get to fly the Millennium Falcon or anything. I mean, it's just nothing. It's just getting not murdered by the Nikto Riders. <laughs> Exactly, you know, I'm not cool enough to to fly a space Vespa. I, mm-hmm. I can't, you know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'd be, maybe I'd be one of those. Uh, maybe it'd be like that guy who who does add-ons for the who does mods for the uh, the cybernetic mod. The mod guy. surgery guy. 
Yeah. I, I, that, okay. Yeah, I'd like maybe that's what I would do. I would be I would be living in Star Wars land doing cybernetic mods for cool people. Okay. What kind of rom-com world would you want to live in? <laughs> I think that I would live in Friends. <laughs> Could I live in Friends? Why? Because there's no black people? <laughs> I would be the, I would be the, I would you be, be the, the minority person on friends. I wanna, yeah. I want to be the minority buddy who shows up every now and again and is affable and has a crush on Courtney Cox. And then, and then that, then you're going to, as soon Courtney as you, Cox. as soon as you cash in, you get written off though. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you can't, you're not part of the main cast. You right. stick around. It's totally fine. It's totally all right. fine. Yeah. How about you? Did you, did you give this any thought? Sure. Well, I mean like I, when I was a younger person, I considered myself a bit of a hard man. Um, when I when I learned to use, you said talk about hand, being handy with a steel. You know, came to being a geek off the street. I was a pretty good shot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like one of the greatest moments of well, not, I won't say the greatest moments of my life. One of the moments of pride for my childhood. When I look back on it is after going to uh, gun safety. They took you out for your skeet shooting for the first time, and I went I, uh, accuracy of one point zero zero zero. I hit them all. Nice. I was the only kid that went out there and hit them all. Nice. And I felt like such a badass. Because, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where the adults were like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, whoa. Here we yeah, go. it was like 10 targets in a row. And I hit them all. Anyway. Um, so, as far as the Western thing goes, I, I like gambling. So, I could see myself doing the cards and guns thing. Mm. Yeah. And just avoid fights, but never be afraid to act. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Never well, start one. Only finish. <laughs> that's always that's always been, been my motto when it comes to any sort of conflict yeah you'd be like the uh like uh jeff the jeff goldblum character in uh silverado the the gambling man sure but you know with the hidden gun so if shit goes bad you just like whip out the hidden gun and like shoot some people and then run out yeah i don't want to do medieval um i'm too small you know what i mean like as a serious handicap in the medieval <laughs> times like it's no a everyone in middle everyone in medieval times is tiny well as long as like I mean, okay, fine. So if I'm at least average size and there's not just... Because the problem, I think, with the brutality of, of medieval times is that as soon as you have to fight someone in sword with armor on it, with a sword who's outweighs you by 40 pounds, you're just... That's no, it. That's that's only in the movies. Like, if you go <laughs> if you go to the museums and you see those suits of armor, those people were not particularly big. All right. Like, if I went there my size and my relative strength, I would I would be dominating a lot of those folks. Just The other question is, like, do I have modern knowledge if I go back in time? Sure. You get to be you. They just throw you in. Because <laughs> I think I could, you know, figure out gunpowder. <laughs> yep, which maybe. would give me a huge advantage. Right. Yeah. Maybe take I could create the... ranged weapon, range, range projectile weapons. The first one, first person to do it. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Then All I'd right. have to be like a warlord, though. <laughs> well, there would be no point otherwise doing that. Just I don't want to do that, though. See, like, that's... See, you'd just be bad, though. You'd be going around village to village, like, pillaging and burning. And I don't want to and... do that. I don't yeah, want to do that. that. I just want to like be, lo- yeah. be left alone. Right. That seems like a lot of work, warlording, in medieval warlording. Seems like a so, lot. you got to coordinate people, and yeah, you can't yeah. trust any of those fucking people. Right. It's just no good. You don't want that. Yeah. I think then I have to pick Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> that's that's my choice and then if you get an infection you'll just die by yourself it'll be fun well that's that's the life i chose <laughs> <laughs> all right let's bounce to your side all right all right so things have been bad in the country and there's been some dumb debates about people saying things like after 9-11 we didn't ban planes like, yes, there's no, a ba- there's just... a there's a whole there's a whole there's a whole host of 
spurious arguments floating oh around in the God. world where people right. if you you only have to be on twitter for 1.3 seconds before one of them slaps you in the face and you're just like I just, what is that what what kind of argument is this terrible i mean I'm no fine. we didn't build a 20 years of a security apparatus that still requires us to take our shoes off unpack basically all of our carry-on luggage get on a plane <laughs> no one can go meet you at the gate even if they're willing to pass through security i mean mm-hmm. it it's amazing that you can say something like that with a straight face and just completely that's the logic train just stops, right? We've talked about it doesn't go to the end of the track. Sure. Um, but anyway, in in wading through some of that crap in the last two weeks, um, I couldn't remember how long the like the, la- the the national grounding of air travel lasted after 9-11. Okay. So I was curious. So I went to look that up. And it was actually only two days, um, which seems crazy. Uh, but the the Wikipedia entry says... The entire airspace of the, Can- of the United States and Canada were, was closed uh, with a ground stop by order of FAA National Operations Manager Ben Sliney, who was working his first day in that position. <laughs> God. And can you imagine you, I mean, obviously, like, that's probably, I mean, that's sort of like the, the that's being the, the boss of all air traffic control, right? You're the FAA mm-hmm. National Operations Manager. You are the number one guy for managing all of air travel in North America, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you've probably worked your whole life to get to that position. Sure. And you're, you wake up that morning, you have some breakfast, you get to the office, and then that happens. Okay, so... My I question, was, I, <laughs> is there a worse first day there, on any no. job? No. There can't be. That, uh, it, the reason is... well, So you could be a doctor... And in yes. your first surgery, kill somebody. Right. Yes. That would, be... Which would suck, which would be a terrible way to start your medical career in any way. But it doesn't before. really ever work that way, right? Because you're doing it with someone else. Sure. And you're, they, they, they figured out way. But you could make a horrible mistake sure, of some sure. kind. It's possible. You could it's make possible. an error and maim somebody or, like, or make their procedure much worse than it should have been. But the scale of this is what, yeah. I, what, what I think about when I, when I look at it. From a from a scale perspective, I can't imagine much worse things happening to you on your first day on the job. I mean, the It'd worst like- thing that ever happened to me on a job, I, sl- I, I was starting a job and I had been unemployed for a while. So I just didn't have good habits and I slept completely through my alarm. Uh-huh. And I was supposed to be at my job at 8.30 and when I woke up, it was quarter to 10. <laughs> <laughs> So you got to get on the phone and you have to say, ah, sorry that I'm late for my first day, but I'll be there at I don't, I'll 10, 30, 11, 10 o'clock, 10, 30. Hard. That's a hard, that's a hard, uh, it all worked out, but that's a hard call to have to make. This is just, I don't, it's, it's, it's historic and, and it's your first day. And then from then on, his, his whole career is just that. Right? Yeah. And responding to that incident. Why why has no one made a movie about Ben Sliney? There's gotta know. be a there's gotta be a movie that somebody could make about this that would be that would be good. Let's see. I, I don't know what Ben Sliney looks like. I mean I'm I'm think I'm picturing just you know, like a Ben Schwartz kind of <laughs> kind of <a> guy. <laughs> like a, just a regular maybe a an Adam Scott kind of guy who who I don't know what he looks like. He feel that that's what Ben Sliney feels like to me. I don't know what uh, I don't know what uh, I don't know what he actually looks like. 
I don't either. Um, we can find out. He played himself in uh, United '93. Oh. Well, and then he also, and then and then Greengrass nice. put him in in Green Zone. Really? F- yeah. Paul Greengrass, the director of United '93, put uh-huh. him in Green Zone in a bit part. Oh, we'll see. I mean, so he's got so he's got a SAG card out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he still does it. What does he do now? Does, does it say? It's still. I mean. It says he's retired lawyer, air traffic controller, and former FAA national operations manager. Well, he's done enough, so I hope he's enjoying his retirement. I'm sure yeah, he speaks. I bet he's. I bet he's got a very lucrative public speaking. Um, if he's well, if he's smart, he has a very lucrative public speaking um, circuit that he that he that he uh, participates in because those are. I'm sure that story is amazing. Yeah, the heroin. It's got everything. It's it's got everything in it, right? It's normal day at work, historical issue, historical amounts of you know fallout because of what happened. Everybody knows the story, at least part of the story, right? Well, there are now adults who don't remember nine eleven. <laughs> well, so <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, ben Sliney is 77 years old. He's retired in Sandwich, Massachusetts. He retired in 2018. Good for him. Yeah. Well, so he God was, you know, I mean, he, did <laughs> yeah, a, he, did a, uh, he did a bang up job. I mean, that's, uh, it was, he did it when he had to do. Yeah. And I see there was this documentary or is it, even movie all the, you know, cause Newfoundland, like this tiny airport in Newfoundland where they had to route all these giant jets into because it was the only place they could go and land and so you know people take them into their house and all these things that's a, I mean, that's a great part of that story um i'd be interested in in his story maybe i'll i'll, I'll you know do a little more ben sliney um look up well i look forward to the ben sliney update <laughs> <laughs> there should be a movie why is there no ben sliney movie i don't know you can be the one that makes it happen russell crowe is ben sliney I like it. All right. So, um, as we all know, I am a local politician mm-hmm. who receives a copious amounts of hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I receive support mail. I receive hate mail. It's pretty funny. The um, but last oh this week, a couple nights ago, um, as we're recording, uh, we had our first town hall that we've had in this town in three years and then and you know how you watch tv and you think about parks and recreation and all these other places that sure. they have this town hall and it's and it's wild and you're just like oh it, that's not how it works that's exactly how town hall works <laughs> yeah <laughs> it it is i i'm not sure i was entirely prepared i mean i was prepared from a, i was prepared from a from a from a materials and you know, talking points kind of thing. But you're, but when people stand up in the middle of a room of 150 people or so and say the things that they say, mm. you're just, it's very easy to be taken aback. Yeah. Like you just not prepared for, I cannot believe in this moment right now. And, and I believe in the public discourse and I believe in freedom of speech. And I think, and I think it's, it's a fine thing, but I just I, is my first experience with it. Yeah, from from where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the audience, it's it's a whole different perspective. But if you're like on the dais with the nameplate and the whole thing, 
and people stand up and say the things they say, sometimes you're just it it stops you a little bit. It, yeah, you, I you bet. Just have to, you just have to process it. I'm not going to go into specifics. Oh well, that's no fun. <laughs> it's, the, it's on the public record. If you'd like to go, if you know, if you know what city uh, that I'm a city council member for, you could go look it up. But it's. It was it was it was it was it was a first experience and and at when you're my age, like you don't get a lot of these kind of first experiences uh-huh. where you're coming into it. You you kind of feel like oh I think I know what's going to happen and then it happens and you're like whoa, like I and it's kind of exciting and kind of weird at the same time <laughs> because you know, nobody likes to be surprised. No one likes right. to be caught off guard. And I don't feel that I was surprised nor caught off guard, but I was amazed. Well, what do you was, do? Do you, Because you it was like, the first experience that I've had in this, in that kind of a form. I mean, can you give us, can you give me and the rest of our listeners, like, can you, can you give us a metaphor? Like I, I pick a different absurd argument. And that, I mean, how do you like, cause what I want to understand is, do you have to respond or do you just like sort of, Okay, stare so at the a, person because I feel like I would just stare and like. Anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. That's the thing. Right. Well, the, the well, the specifics are that we got a ton of money, like two point two and a half million dollars from the government okay. that we can put back into the community, and I'm of the mind that we should find out what businesses have been struggling and need some help climbing out of the climbing out of. Um, the pandemic, which I think mm-hmm. there are some, like they've taken on debts or they've, you know, they haven't been able to upkeep their businesses or whatever. I don't know, but I thought we'd just, we'd start a grant program where people would fill out a grant application and we would review, the city would review them and they'd say, okay, this business needs 10 grand or this business needs 15 grand or this business needs eight grand or whatever, whatever mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. whatever they were asking for. And I was, and we presented a plan to the town, but then there's a bunch of people in the town who say, no, we should just put that money in the bank and sit on it. Don't spend mm. it because mm-hmm. hard times are a coming. And if we don't, and if, and, and we shouldn't spend that money and we should just, we should put it in the, in the city's reserve and we should just, and wait for the hard times to come. <laughs> of course, you know, philosophically, I don't believe that, that the local government should be a bank. Right. You know, if, if you're, if your government is running a huge surplus, you got to right. ask them either number one, you're collecting too much tax. Right. Or number two, you aren't spending money on things we need to spend money on. Right. Like Our goal should, here is to have no dollars left at the end of the year. Right. It should come in. We should spend right. it. Someone's going to say, oh, you're a tax and spend politician or whatever, but that's what happens. I mean, there, there are, there are safeguards in place. Like, certain funds in the budget have these buffers built into them. Like uh-huh. this particular fund has to have X amount of dollars in it all the time. Uh-huh. So when you create the budget, you can spend down to the, the spending to the, to the budget limit. And just in case of an emergency, we can spend below it. Right. You, right. you just, you build cushion into every bucket. Yeah. How often is like sort of the response end up being, if you would like to change the spending priorities for the city, you can run for city council. <laughs> Well, well, that's kind of what you want to say, <laughs> right? But you know, again, it's a it's a representative democracy, and people, you know, there are some people who agree with the approach that I agree with, and there's some people who, you know, have a different approach, and there are people on the city council who believe in that approach, and then you have to have a discussion about it. But when you put 150 people in a room and try to have a discussion about 
something like money. Mm-hmm. Like things get, it can get a little wild. And, and well, and it can, can be just anyone. And I'm not trying, yeah. trying to be an elitist. No. And I, no, we've talked about this before. You know, like the, what's the old George, George Carlin bit? Like, imagine the average person, <laughs> and then real, imagine how stupid the average person is, and realize the average that, that half the people are stupider than than than, than them. <laughs> like the way I always experienced it was like, you know, I'm testing in the 99th percentile of all, every test I ever took, and I'm like, I'm not that smart, right? Like, so, like. According to the distribution, I should be like this one of the smartest people in the world, and I'm I'm not right. It's a hockey stick. That's a yeah. there's a hockey stick somewhere <laughs> there. But the uh, but but what happens is that you just have to have these discussions, and and part of it, you know, some people come at it from a from a standpoint where maybe they don't have the entire picture, mm-hmm. and so you have to say in a non condescending way, help them fill out the picture. Like mm-hmm. you've got part of it. Let me tell you what the this other part of the your the, the picture is, and you have to be able to say that without condescending to people or teeing off on people or you know and you know some people say mean things and you know they they hog the microphone you know how they do that? You think they ask don't you have like question. a timer yeah no it wasn't an, you can't part, reclaim your time part of our part <laughs> of the issue with the with the town hall is I think All our. Right. We, we didn't have a lot of discipline around the program itself. So when someone asks a question and you answer their question, they say, well, I have a follow-up. It's like, no, we, we need to pass the microphone on to the next person because they have a question too. There's a lot of people here. Get and the of back course, of the line. And then people for your follow up question, yeah, <laughs> people start booing you, and you know the, you know, it's ter- it's, it's it's difficult. It was just weird and fun. It was a new experience, and, and I like think I, I would said, turn it into a roast. I don't think I'd help myself. No, <laughs> you 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 should not get me in this situation because I could imagine just the the things you would say to these people. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's there's a there there is a an underserviced area for a democratic politician who talks a lot of shit <laughs> that is a thing that doesn't really exist that people seem to really want right this now is my time <laughs> and i'm just skipped to the front of the line like just fuck city council i'm running for right. senate right i have zero experience right. <laughs> just running for senate <laughs> well you should patty murray you gotta go well, if, you, if if you've got that kind of money, you should buy the island instead, yeah. because that's. I mean, it takes island money to like run for big time <laughs> office. I'll tell you that much right now. Where'd Patty Murray get the island money? Well, I she didn't have you, it when she ran the first time. I don't think you want to know. <laughs> All right, so at the bus stop, there are some children who speak with a childish accent that are too old to be speaking with a childish accent. And I don't want to judge their parents, but I do. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm, I'm, I just, it just happens. Uh-huh. Like I'm how like, old? Like how old are we talking? Like fourth grade. Okay. And kind of like talking like this. Yeah. I'm like, you're almost 10. You get that shit under control. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, I, that's not why I brought this up. Now I just sound like a jerk. <laughs> what else is new? But uh, I had seen on Twitter, somebody, you know, posted, um, What's a, what's a way that your child has mispronounced a word that you've never corrected because it's too adorable for you to stop? And, and my contribution was Netflix. Netflix. My younger daughter said Netflix for a long time. <laughs> That's a good one. And I mean, this is, I think there's a lot of people have really happy memories of thinking about the funny ways that, that kids come up with their own lexicon. I think I, I prefer, rather than mispronunciation, I think I prefer the sort of childish portmanteau. 
right? Like they, they come right. up with a, a new word that doesn't um, it doesn't actually exist. Yes. Or 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 improve upon something. There's an example in the thread where somebody talks about like the child thought that the the snowman's name in Frozen was Snowloff. Right, which like makes that, perfect sense. Yeah, it's makes great. perfect sense that his name would be Snowloff. I like. I think uh, I'm going to call him Snowloff. <laughs> I like it. I like um, uh, heart egg instead of heartache in music. Like I heard the word heartache, and I didn't know what it was. So just I knew I know the word heart, and I know the word egg. So <laughs> heart egg. Yeah. Did you have any examples of of things that your kids said? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, uh, every kid. If you're lucky, your kid at some point can't say the word like truck and it comes out as fuck. Sure. Which is which is Fro- great. frog also. <laughs> That's frog. a popular. <laughs> See, those are those are and that lasts generally a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember my daughter when she would say the months of the year when she got to May, it, she just said neck. Speaking of neck, I don't know why neck shows up. But it'd be like <laughs> January, <laughs> April, May, you know. The uh, neck, like what? What? April neck? I don't know. What? Did you say neck? <laughs> can you, can you Did you ever figure this? it out? No. Then it, she just grew out of it. Then then one day she didn't say neck anymore, and it was it was fine. But I don't know why she said neck. <laughs> and but my wife and I, my wife and I still refer to it as neck every now and again because it's funny. But the uh, but my but my wife grew up with an R problem, mm. and so and and to the point where she wouldn't say boys and girls, she would say boys and ladies. She would basically be dodging R's. Really, she would she would find a way to dodge R's. That's tough. R is the most common letter in the English language. <laughs> I know. I watched I watched Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. That R is in there a lot. And then my so my daughter ended up with an R problem as well. Interesting. And, and, and so when I would say things or I would sort of mimic her R problem, my wife would like squint at me. <laughs> in like, in oh. what way? Just like, well, she No, like in R what problem. way were they pronouncing it? Like, like goo. Okay. Like, I was like, like in my mind, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm like grew. Like wabbit. Wabbit. Okay. Wabbit. I got it. Got anyway. Wasn't like then, girls. <laughs> She's not, my daughter's not from Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> the uh but so i remember the first time we actually sat down with the 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 speech therapist uh-huh, uh-huh. for the r problem and then say okay say rabbit and my daughter would say wabbit right uh-huh. and then she'd say say water and my daughter would say water and then she would say we'll say them together say water rabbit water and my daughter said water rabbit <laughs> i'm like are you fixed her no, it's like, you fixed your first day, first 10 minutes of this whole thing. And now this is me when I go get a golf lesson. Yeah. yeah I'm hitting yeah, weak pushes. Okay, let me just, show me what you're doing. Now I hit perfect shots the entire time I'm here. I'm like, damn it. No, but she couldn't say wabbit. But if mm-hmm. you put water in front of rabbit, she'd say water rabbit. <laughs> it was amazing. And, of course, then she went to speech therapy, and they cleared her up in, in a couple months. But, but you know, I, I think of these. And she was probably about in third or fourth grade so so maybe so maybe these kids are perhaps on the track to it but as a parent i I try to be i try to be i I don't say anything no but as a parent i think you would want your child to you would speak to your child in a way that would help them 
help them grow out of that kind of thing. Uh, like you wouldn't feed it. You wouldn't feed. You wouldn't. You no. wouldn't babe. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I would never baby talk a fourth grader because sometimes it's funny to do it. Sure. But in, in the general, in the general, in the general conversation, like in the, out in the public, I don't think I would baby talk my fourth grader. That's not who, this is not who I am personally. No, I'm, I'm probably too acerbic to her sometimes. I'm like, she'll say something that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, you, would you want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to ask in English this time? <laughs> I, there's time. So she is so funny when she tells a story. It is just free association. I'm trying to work with her on like how to tell a story. <laughs> like she struggles with it at school too, like with creative writing when she has to like reproduce, you know, report, like read and read and then report. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, she can't hone in on like what matters. Right. right? So it's just like, it, it's just everything. And so the stories always start mid narrative, <laughs> no context for who we're talking about. Like, in literature, I, in literature, we call that in medias race. They that's use right. It all the time. <laughs> it's it's classic. Yeah, but you have to eventually get the you know, real to the audience. What you're talking about? She will talk for three minutes, and I'm like, I don't have any idea what you're talking. About. And then she gets mad, and I'm like, I, I I'm not. I, I wasn't there. You have I don't to remember. I, I also don't know your friends' names. So when right. you start saying, I don't so know who that start, is. So when you start saying their names, I don't know who any of these people are. You gotta, you kind of, you gotta give me a little something, right? But not too, not so much context, right? And then she's funny too. She's just very self-involved, so she's quite obtuse. And she comes home with like a new poppet, and she's had this boy that she's had like a tete a tete with all year, and a positive one, mm-hmm. and. uh it, 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 she brought she comes home she got one of these big poppet toys right and she's like oh um you know this boy gave it to me because he, he wanted to get rid of it mm-hmm. and i'm like what and then she's like well that's what he said i'm like of course that's what he said <laughs> i'm like but you just are completely oblivious to what's going on here really mm-hmm. it's interesting mm-hmm. i'd like to think that you know she's just obscuring facts because she doesn't want to be fully honest but it's not that yeah like she's honest to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Can I jump into a Can I jump into a funny story here? Of before course. We, before That's you, what we're here for. Before you you embarrass me with uh, well, before we laughed at dad jokes and then you embarrass me with the who knew. <laughs> you the, could uh, do the who knew once, you know. Oh well. Maybe, I can send you the link and you can do it to me. All right. Maybe next it. month. Maybe okay. next month I will do the who knew. All right. Um, the uh, so my son is he's go he's in track. Okay. And I know and I've been going to his track meets and. He doesn't want me to, he runs the 200, which is about a little more than halfway. He does the long jump and then he does the 200. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and a lot of kids after their events are over, will just, their parents will just take him home. But my son's like, oh, I'd like to ride the bus home. Oh, the activity bus? Yeah. He's like, I just, I'll ride home with the whatever track team, with other kids yeah. who, whose parents, I guess, don't go to the <laughs> track meet or just whatever. Sure. So I noticed that he was kind of like hanging around with this girl. Mm-hmm. So over the past four, after the, over the past month, when I've gone to the, I noticed that he does his event and then he sort of hangs around with this girl. And tonight it was rainy. It was really rainy. I'm like, I think there's a thing. I think maybe he wants to hang out there. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants to hang out with this girl. He's in seventh grade. So this is kind of when it, all this stuff starts to sort of bubble up. You better believe it. And, uh, and, and tonight I was there with my wife and we were sitting there and watching the long jump and he had done his jumps and it was raining pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And the girl who he hangs out with was 
also doing the long jump, and she was wearing this hooded jacket. Mm-hmm. And my wife turns to me and said, if he holds her jacket, it's on. You know, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's on. So we were waiting there, sitting there. <laughs> it's like, will he hold it? What's, will, he, will she hand it to him? And lo and behold, she handed him the jacket, and he held the jacket while she did her long jump. Amazing. So I was like, all right, buddy, here we go. Welcome to welcome to uh, welcome to crushing on girls. Welcome to the pain. Welcome to the pain train. <laughs> Son, I'm gonna need you to wear deodorant every day. <laughs> right. You're, you're gonna need to clean up your act a little bit, and, uh, and maybe he's and maybe he is. Maybe he'll. I think maybe he'll. Uh, I think maybe as I think about it, he. I think maybe he is trying to pull himself into focus a little bit. There is a little bit of uh, I can use a little bit of peer pressure positively in that way. I when I can't get her the older ones to do some stuff, I can be like, "How would you feel if I told so and so about this?" Oh, mm. yeah, no, Dad, you wouldn't. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe you should just stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> then I wouldn't have to. Oh, well, there you have it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I forgot that I didn't get to weave into our, our chat the, the thing that made me really want to do the segment, which was the, the anecdote that's shared here. That is, my kindergartner believes that the game where you try to guess what person, place, or thing someone's thinking of is called Tony Questions, and that the person thinking of something gets to be Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Italian game. It's called Tony Questions. <laughs> this is Tony. He's going to ask you some questions. My friend this is, okay, Tony. now I want to write a mob right. scene, right. an interrogation my, scene. My friend Tony is going to yeah. come over, and he's going to ask you some questions. We call it Tony Questions. And if we don't get the answers we want, Tony pops you. Right. You're tied to a chair in the basement. <laughs> you ready to play Tony questions? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've cleaned our plates. And you know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! <laughs> what All do you right. got for us today? What do we got this week? We've got... Can you believe I was thrown out of my church for claiming Jesus spoke with a lisp? It was a real slap in the faith. (laughs) My six-year-old daughter has lined up all her dolls toward the outdoor grill. Looks like she's preparing some kind of barbecue. Mm -hmm. I walked into the pub with my wife and ordered a beer. Bartender said, would you like a beer for your wife? I said, that sounds like a fair deal. (laughs) Hey, that's no lady. That's my wife. Uh, I told my wife she was drawing her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. I asked my friend Sam to sing a song about the iPhone. And then Sam sung. All right, and then uh, I told my wife she needs a lot of lot of wife jokes. Right, a lot of wife jokes, and hey, you told like hey, my wife. And I told my wife she needs to start embracing her mistakes. So she hugged me. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I was shocked the other day when I thought I heard my girlfriend say she wanted to go see the Monkees tribute band in Switzerland. Then I saw her face. Now I'm in Geneva. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yay. All right, for my joke tonight, is butt cheeks one word or should I spread them apart? 
Goatsy joke. Oh my god. I, I, wow, where did that? Sorry. I didn't mean to hit it again. <laughs> yes, you did, because you loved it so much. That got you got me on that one. That <laughs> got me on that one. Alright, that's it for dad jokes of the week. So let's go to Overtime. And you already know what we're doing, so let's oh, get started because it's time for Who Knew? Alright, it is May. This was supposed to be last week. This was the end of May. All right. This is from the end of May. Chris, are you ready? Oh, my God. Sure. For who knew? Most of us find this difficult to do. 10% say it's easy. What is it? Lose weight. Stick to a budget. Oh. That, yeah. Okay. We are most likely to do this when we wake up on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just on Wednesday, though. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, just on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, take Tylenol for your hangover. <laughs> Hit the snooze button. Just on Wednesday? That's the, the no, most, most likely to do it most, on Wednesday. Most likely. Got it. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. The first one of these appeared in 1963. <sighs> Beatles record? Zip code. Really? We've only had zip codes since 1963? Apparently. Wow. That's pretty Go look at the population from like 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> there were 28 people in America. Pr- pretty in much. Pretty much. Everybody if you're average, you eat 280 of these per year. 200, eat 280 of these per year? So it's probably not going to be pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're that Papa John. Remember when he talked about eating like 45 pizzas in 30 days or something? Oh, God. 280 um candy bars eggs that's like one a day about yeah i think one a day might be a little a little heavy on candy bars oh yeah a lot of candy i think if you have, <laughs> eat 280 candy bars a year you're gonna go have diabetes right straight to the diabetes experts say you should have 12 to 15 of these what are they oh this is a terrible question i'm um, not even gonna bother you're never gonna pair, get pairs of underwear <laughs> that's a lot of underwear actually really three weeks worth three weeks worth you don't have you don't have more than ten pairs of underwear. I haven't counted, but I never finish it off in two weeks. I've always done laundry before I run out. Do you ever in your life wear the black silk underwear? You should know <laughs> that I would never in my life wear a black silk underwear. <laughs> the first time this happened in Hollywood was in 1994. 1994 in Hollywood. Uh-huh. What's happened in the early 90s? Um. Let's see. Internet ad. I'm going to give you credit. The, a movie had an official website. Oh, really? I yeah. wonder what the... Uh, 94. That's early. Did, did Only the very few people were using the internet at that point. Me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was like, do I have a noise for you getting it right? I don't... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Yeah, I wasn't. Sure I never was get it. any. I never get any right. So why would you have a noise for it? <laughs> well, I prepared. All right. This is true for more than a million American dogs. A million American dogs. Mm-hmm. This is true for them. They yeah. sleep in a dog house. Named the beneficiary in their owner's wills. <laughs> really? Is your dog in your will? No. No. <laughs> You have Only two people. What? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I have children. Of course, I have a will. 
right? That's good. I, a lot of people don't. So if you have, if you, if you're out there listening and you have, you have uh, children, get yourself a will. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do that. Only two people in history have done this. Got any of these questions right? <laughs> <laughs> Won a Nobel Prize and an Oscar. Oh, the uh, you know the, they have the egot right. The I don't EGOT. think you want to say negot. No, it's the pen got. No pen got. No the Pulitzer. The, Pulitzer. You got to get the yeah, and then the yeah. You, you don't want to call that the the egont. That egon. I like egon. Yeah. 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 All right. The average traveler comes home with four of these souvenirs. New friends. What? That's four new friends. No, what? please. Like you, like like people you meet on vacation. Like you ever stay in touch with those people? No. Come you on. Don't. Four new friends, please. The average lifespan of one of these is about twenty-three years. Uh, a pair of underwear. <laughs> Jesus. A hundred dollar bill. Oh. They all have cocaine on them though. Isn't that the isn't that the thing about hundred dollar bills? Like at some point you, they all you, have cocaine on them. Yeah. If you if you test a the odds on you testing a hundred dollar bill and having cocaine on it, it's like eighty five percent or something crazy. I did not know that. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, last uh, holiday season, I had pulled a topic that we never got to that was like cocaine found at, at the London Festival of Lights. And it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> right? People are doing drugs at the Christmas lights thing. Yeah, I know. Weird. Weird. <laughs> the average person would travel 34 miles to find this. 34 miles to find. Boy, 34 miles is kind of far. A new car. Perfect hamburger. Would I drive 34 miles? I. I would drive 34 miles for the perfect hamburger. As long as I don't have to be in traffic. That's true. And like if it's 34 minutes to get there and eat, yeah, I would do that. The price of gas, you know, you, you average it all in. I plug it, my car in, baby. I don't mess around it, with that <laughs> gas bullshit. <laughs> it, it would have to be pretty spectacular. You would, If you drove 34 miles to eat the quote-unquote perfect hamburger mm-hmm. and you got there and it was less than unbelievable, you'd be, you'd be pissed. 34 would, miles is a long way to great. go. Yeah. 70 mile, 70 mile round tripper. It's hmm. a lot of work. Right. This American item was created by a Canadian. What is what? it? This American That's item was created by a Canadian. Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> American cheese. Really? Oh, we'll have to look a, into this one. A Canadian who came to America created American. They didn't create it in a, they didn't create it in Canada and then well, I don't know. Now you're just inventing stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you sound like my daughter. She'll just start <laughs> speculating, and I'm like, "What are you doing? You don't none of that. You don't know any of that. You're just making you things li- up." Like if you lived in Montreal and you were a Canadian cheesemaker and you made this, you wouldn't just say this is American cheese. You'd take credit for it. You'd say this. is I don't Canada's know. Maybe you were cheese. embarrassed because it's disgusting. <laughs> I love. And you're American like the only cheese. people that would eat this is Americans. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best burger cheese of all time. I'm sorry. I'm not taking. I'm not. It's it's not. It is. It's it gross. melts the best. It tastes the best. Oh my god! It doesn't. It doesn't. It's, oh my god! None of that's accurate. More than ninety percent of Americans say they no longer do this. <laughs> um, ninety percent of Americans. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Um, they don't shower every day. Answer calls from unknown numbers. Well, neither do I. I'm part. Consider me part of the ninety percent. Yeah. I'm not picking. I'm not picking up the phone for. Oh, the worst! Nobody. I think I. To, I can't remember. I can't ever keep straight what I've told you now off mic and what I've told you on the show. <laughs> so just say it. 
uh, like just that I've been doing a construction project, so I'm dealing with vendors, which I have to answer my phone all the time from people. And I was like, oh my god, it's oh, the worst. I've been answer like every unknown call for like two months. It sucks. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> and it's mostly like people who are now calling to sell me something like professionally. So like my mm. mobile number has been in the in the workspace long enough. Okay. That I'm getting like cold calls from like sales oh, reps. Oh man. And I'm like, and this is not even up. my responsibility. <laughs> Did you even look me up on LinkedIn? Like, come on. <laughs> you doing anything? I'll, I'll absolutely I'll absolutely tell tell them they're stupid. Be better at your job. Yeah, this is bad. You're wasting your time. Right. Lions, camels, and elephants have this in common. They're whipped by a guy with a top hat on. They were the animals in the first Macy's Day parade in New York, which of course you were gonna get. <laughs> That, uh, you could have given me a thousand guesses. I would have got there. I wouldn't have got there. Who knew? I don't know how they come right. up with what goes on here. The average person eats this four times a week. Eggs, salad, <laughs> egg salad. Egg. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> two thirds of us say we do this to try and fit in. Wear clothes we don't like. Laugh at jokes you don't understand. <laughs> well. No, we don't do that. If I no, don't understand well, joke, we're, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? We're not the people coming to the town hall. How many people do you think dress in a certain way that they don't like because they think they'll fit in? I bet it's two-thirds. I don't think they dress in a way they don't like. I think that a lot of people aren't themselves. Well, I mean, I see all these dudes wearing skinny jeans, and I know a bunch of skinny pants, and I know that a bunch of these people would rather be wearing Tiger Woods pants from 2001. But instead, they're walking around in these skinny pants that button all difficult around their flabby midsection. Yeah. And they can't be doing that because they, they like it. I have some <laughs> fitted pants that are very comfortable. Okay. But I'm just, I'm the, the, the technology has caught up with the style. But if, but, if, but if it were in style for you to wear Tiger Woods pants from 2001, you'd totally wear them. I mean, I spent a lot of time in my life wearing <laughs> pants that looked insane. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those big, yeah, those big stovepipe jeans with the never the, like the crazy skater guy ones, but like silver tabs. <laughs> yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Like I loved it when the style when I was in college was huge jeans, tight shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like what was that look? <laughs> like sort of the ninety eight degrees look, right? Like yeah, yeah, big, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. big big denim tight t shirt. Yeah, real great. More than 40% of Americans say they are currently doing this. 40% of Americans are currently riding a bike to work. Working their dream job. Really? That's a lie. These people are lying to themselves. 40%, ha almost half the people in the, uh, there's no way. I that's, that's <laughs> zero. liars. That's zero. That's, that's wrong. I don't even know what my dream job is. I'm not buying nothing, but 40% of Americans. They're talking that's about 40% they're of Americans. That's what it says. No. I mean, I mean, this comes from the Sinclair media station. <laughs> okay. so. All right. All right. Fine. 33% of pet owners say they've done this at least once. Wait, hey, 33, a third of people? Wow. They they got a jar of peanut butter and, no, no. Um, they, uh, they named their pet after their dad. Use their pet's name as a password. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. That, doesn't, that seems like low now. Anyway. A third? That's, that's, that's a lot of people. No. 
Only about 7% of people in the world have one of these. Their dream job. (laughs) (laughs) A college degree. In the world. That's what it says. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but in the world. world. That's why it's such a small number, because there's a lot of people in the world who can't even read, let alone have a college degree. (laughs) And there's a lot of people with college degrees who can't even read. So let's be clear. I have had some coworkers. (laughs) Well, you know these people. I do. In the entire United States, there's only one of these. President. I'm going to give you half credit. (laughs) Where's the button? (laughs) A state named after a president. Oh, yeah, it's ours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And finally. What's up? Can can we give you the UW Washington thingy-o? Dubs up? There you go. Dubs up. Okay. Finally. The first one of these was introduced in 1958. 58. Color television. Diet cola. Really? Really. God, what kind of horrible chemicals did they put in that? <laughs> in 1958? <laughs> like, what, what kind of 1958 chemicals did you get in Diet Cola? Diet Cola brought to you by Dow Chemical. <laughs> <laughs> we, found, we, we found something accidentally that tasted sweet, so we decided to put it in your, we decided to put it in your cola instead of syrup. <laughs> This is the runoff from the machines that we use in the factory. (laughs) Johnny accidentally tasted it and thought, it's delicious. So we've, because it's calorie free, we've now put it in your Coca-Cola. All right. That sounds terrible. (laughs) All right. That's it for us. That's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipes. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies and meet us here next time for more delicious dish. But until then, eat eggs.